uh, rather than explaining the passages that we're reading, I'm trusting you guys to do that, and then instead I want to share what God has been speaking to me about recently. And if you were here with us last week, we looked at how some of our, our lacks, lack of evangelism, lack of white faith, lack of spiritual practices, these sort of uh, lack issues flow out of, they're not the issue, but behind them is deeper belief-centered issues, where um, in particular shame, this idea that um, my flaws and my failures make me unworthy of love and belonging. This core idea of shame holds us back and drives all of these other lacks. And instead, when we find the message of Jesus changes us and it gives us in this deepest place that in Jesus, with Jesus, to Jesus, I am worthy of love and belonging because of what Jesus has done. When I realize that in him I am enough, he has made me enough, when I see that, I can actually build to a place of vulnerability, a place of courage, a place of, of wholeheartedness. And so it starts with this, this deep work that God does on the inside. And I want to build from there, but um, start from a different starting place. And I know we've taken a long time, but that's okay. We're family, right? We're church. We can survive, hopefully. I want to share with you around the idea of... Oh... The invitation to feel again. When was the last time you felt? Felt the weight of something Jesus said so much so that you literally just can't help but weeping? When was the last time that you you read the Bible and the joy just leapt off the page that you just couldn't help but (laughs) just the joy leaking out of you? When was the last time that, that you remembered that feeling that salvation brings, that, that, that lightness of freedom, that weight of peace? I think many of us actually have forgotten to feel in our faith. We've numbed the feelings. We're too busy to really feel. To, to, to actually experience joy takes time and reflection, and so it's easier for us to put on a happy song and pretend to be happy than to actually have joy. When it comes to our faith and our experience of God, for some of us, we hid from our feelings and then at some point they wandered off and we've forgotten how to feel in our faith. If that's you, we're in good company. David cried, restore to me the joy of your salvation. There's this idea that joy is the inheritance of God's children and yet he wasn't experiencing that, which meant that This isn't an unusual experience for us to actually come to a place of not feeling what we're talking about. So I think there's there's two different issues here. On one side, for those of us who are Christian, we can live with, it's it's almost dryness, but it's not quite, it's it's more, I think, a disconnect between our feelings and our faith. We can live with this place where we talk about peace, but we don't actually experience it. We talk about joy, but we don't actually live it. Now, on the other side of this issue is actually um, a flip side of this, which is, as in culture as a whole, um, people have this same struggle with feeling. I was talking with my parents the other day, and my dad, some of you know, my dad had an accident at work halfway through last year, and so he's been going to a physiotherapist, and he was talking with this physio in Canberra earlier in the week, and uh, he said, 
the physio was talking about how his friends were struggling with drugs and uh, in particular with cocaine. And so my dad asked, like, how many of your friends actually do cocaine? And, and the physio stopped and reflected and went, all of my friends in my friends group are either regularly taking cocaine or uh, will take it recre recreationally, like at a party or whatever. All of his friends. And obviously, when I heard this, I had to pick my jaw off the floor, but my dad must have looked the same because the, the physio said, yeah, you would be hard-pressed to find a friend group in Canberra of people that are my age, he was like late 20s, people my age where cocaine isn't an issue. This is, this is a young professional. It seems like his life is all together. It seems like he's, he's doing well, that everything's together. And he wasn't taking cocaine because he was into fitness and looking after his body, but all of his friends, cocaine was an issue. Now, as I was thinking about this, obviously, it's, it's kind of shocking, but more than that, I realized m more than the issue, I was thinking that something that's even more concerning is why it's an issue. Why are people taking this? And it got me thinking that there's only really two reasons that I could think of that young people that are successful, that have their lives together, would take cocaine. And it's either that they have an internal storm going on on the inside that is too much for them. They're just, their storm on the inside is just overwhelming them. Or, and maybe this is connected, or they've numbed so much that they can't feel anything and so they're trying to, to replicate that. Like, my, my dad also asked, because I'm naive and obviously this is not my world in all of this. And so my dad asked him, the physio, how much does this cost? Like, what's the figures? And this, this physio said, it, they, it spends, they spend um, $350 for one night, that's like one gram, which is enough for two people for one night, and it gives you a half an hour high. $350! This is like, ah! For me, I was blown away with the idea of spending $350 in a one night for half an hour, but even then, like, <laughs> but I guess these are young professionals, but think about it, how, what brings you to the place where you would spend that much money just to get half an hour? And this got me to a place of reflecting, why, why wouldn't I take this? Because like, I literally had zero desire to think about taking cocaine. Why not? And as I was reflecting that, I was going, it's because I already feel. It's because I already feel. And I was thinking earlier this week... Um, well, last Friday, we had our youth leaders meeting at my house. Some of our youth leaders are here. And we just shared a meal together and we hung out. We spent an hour praying and it was just awesome. We were praying for each other and there was emotion and we, we just, it was this really great time. And then after that, we spent an hour just talking about how can we make youth group awesome for these people, that, these young people that are coming. And, and then after that, we just had half an hour of just mucking around and we took this crazy video and we had a pillow fight and we just... Just hung out. It was awesome. And I remember standing in the middle of that time just going, it was, you know those moments when you almost stand back outside of yourself just looking there and just going, there's so much joy in this moment. And I remember just sitting there going, like, I think I even said out loud, I love you guys. Because I was just like, man, there's something here. It was something so special. And yet, that experience isn't the norm. 
Like, how did we get to a place where, as Christians, we aren't feeling these things that we're talking about? When I talk to people, I, I hear like people saying that I'm not experiencing the peace or the joy that I want to feel. And then on the other side, we have people that, that are taking these drugs that they know are going to harm them and spending lots of money on it, when what they're looking for is found in these basic experiences. Like, what we were doing at this youth leaders meeting was not rocket science, we shared a meal, we hung out, we talked about making a difference in other people's lives, and we prayed for each other. And it brought so much joy, and yet we're not experiencing that. How did we get here? And I want to just quickly talk about, there's this issue of, of our, our, our feeling disconnect, but there's also on the other side this, this, this numbing issue. Now, I think there's, there's three causes here. And I've got a little illustration. Mark Sayers, who is a pastor in, um, in Melbourne, and he's also a, a cultural commentator on culture in the West, talks that human experience, um, in order for us to feel human flourishing, it takes three key ingredients. It takes freedom. When you look at people in, in corrupt dictatorships where they're um, not free, when they're actually feeling um, oppressed and there's no freedom to choose things, that... that breaks humanity. So there's, we need freedom as humans. We need meaning in our lives. And we need community. And in those three ingredients, when you look at the West, what's happened is that, um, imagine these are, are rainwater tanks or reservoirs. For many of you are on farms. And if you don't have any water in your rainwater tank, you literally have nothing to drink. And so we need water in our rainwater tanks. But what we've done in the West is we've poured all of our water into the freedom tank and that it's overflowing. We have so much freedom. Think about it. We could, at the drop of a hat, book a flight to, across the other side of the world. We could move somewhere. We could sell our house. We could change jobs. We could do so many different things. Our freedom, we have so much freedom. And yet, we have a couple of drops in our meaning tank. When you ask people, what brings meaning in your life? People struggle to answer that. They, they might say, oh, my family brings meaning. But I actually don't think that's true because they're so busy. To, they don't even spend time with their family. So that's actually not bringing the meaning in their life. And our community tank is bone dry. We're not spending time with each other. This is actually in the West, a bone, like a, a, a massive issue. Loneliness is such a big issue. Lifeline did a study and found that 80% of Australians feel lonely at some point. 55% of Australians um, feel lonely at least one week. And 8% of Australians describe um, having no one in their friends group. No one. It's actually the same in America. I heard another statistic. I can't remember the numbers exactly, but it was something like 25% of Americans describe that when they uh, have a crisis, they literally have no one to call. It's something like 25% of Americans. So we have this community crisis and this meaning crisis, but our freedom tank is overflowing. And so what has this led to? It's led to a broken cultural system. This is why suicide is such a big issue. Because people are, are, are feeling like they've got no meaning and no community. Australia has the fifth highest suicide rate in the world. It's crazy. So we have this cultural issue 
Not only that, but I think we can, we can say that our lack of community or loneliness is an issue all by itself. With those sort of uh, numbers, that's, that's enormous. And then finally, when we have these, these feelings of lack, we numb. We, this is why the people are taking cocaine. This is why people get drunk and get smashed because they're trying to, to, to numb the feelings that does my life matter and I have no one that really values me. And so they numb. But if you think it's just an issue for the people who um, take drugs and, and do that kind of thing, Renee Brown, the social researcher I mentioned last week, wrote this. The most universal numbing strategy is what I call crazy busy. When they start having 12-step programs for busyaholics, they'll need to rent out football stadiums. The culture of people that are bought into the idea that if we stay busy enough, the truth of our lives won't catch up with us. We numb by being busy. We numb by disconnecting. The, the flip side of this is we numb by actually disconnecting from the engagements that really matter. We numb from, from, from actually stepping out and making ourselves vulnerable to go, hey, I'm Noah, how are you going? We numb by, by not having the conversations we need to have. We have a problem. And yet, and yet, at the heart of all of this is that the solution is called to be the church. We are called to be the antidote to this. Think about it. Ephesians 2 describes the church as this new humanity. Jesus made one new humanity out of the two. He reconciled people and he brought them together. If, uh, Matthew 5, I love that Jesus says, come work with me and walk with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. There's this picture that Jesus is inviting us into this new community, this new way of being human, this new pattern and way of living. And so we're called to rediscover the way of Jesus. Think about it. I, I loved in the, the passage that it said Christians were called followers of the way. And they were called to these people that just did life together because wherever the gospel goes, it gathers. And so if we're not experiencing this, this sense of community, this sense of meaning, it's actually that we're failing to be the church. We're doing church wrong if we're not feeling meaning and purpose and community. It's, it's that we aren't doing life with each other in the right way. Now, just to wrap up, what do we do? What do we do? Well, if you aren't a Christian or aren't sure, I think, and I think it's actually both for Christian and non-Christians, I think the root here is vulnerability. If you aren't a Christian, the start is to actually be vulnerable before God and say, God, I need something more than this. I need something more than this. If, 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 if you don't step out and be vulnerable before God and vulnerable before others, you won't have that deep sense of an answer to these questions. And if you're a Christian, I think vulnerability is the same root, root thing that we need to work on. Vulnerability is the courageous invitation to feel again. Think about it for a second. What are emotions? Emotions are a God-given dashboard. They're a dashboard of what's going on in our life. If we're feeling lonely, it's an invitation to find community. That's all that loneliness is. There's nothing wrong with being lonely. It's just it's an invitation to find community. If we're feeling tired, 
It's nothing wrong with that. It's an invitation to rest. If you're feeling tired, your body is saying, using a God-given feeling, you need to rest. If you're feeling numb, it's an invitation to seek out the things that bring life. And so we need to listen to that and come to a place where I'm actually vulnerable to acknowledge the feelings. Now, it's worth acknowledging that, yes, we live in a broken system. Our bodies don't always give us the right responses. But without this new humanity, we're going to be looking for life in all the wrong places, and they're not going to satisfy us. But if we find that place of wholeness in Jesus, and we find that Jesus says, I came to bring life and life to the full, then we can find a place where our emotions point us to what we're needing to find and soften it. What is it? Meaning? Community? And to actually find meaning, you need to empty some of that freedom. You need to actually say, I'm going to limit my choices to actually do something meaningful. I'm actually going to limit some of my freedom. Think about when you hang out with someone, you're choosing to say, I'm not going to do anything I want to in this time. I'm making space. I'm limiting my freedom for you. Okay, as I finish... How do we actually do this in practice? If your faith isn't all that you hoped it can be, can I suggest three things? Vulnerability. We've talked about that. Solitude. Go find a place to listen to God. Ask God, what is it that I'm missing? What is it? What are my feelings in this feeling of lack or emptiness? What am I feeling? What do I do with this? Find some space alone. Maybe you have to take half a day, a sick day or something. Maybe you have to just take an hour if you can afford it. And just go, God, what am I feeling. Maybe you've never made space to listen to that voice. Maybe you've buried the thought that that question, is there a still small voice, and you've buried it for so long and pushed it away for a very long time because listening to that voice might mean making yourself vulnerable. It might mean tears. It might mean ugly crying. It might mean feeling things that you haven't felt for a very long time. And so we bury it. But God wants to meet us in that deep inner place And he wants us to do renewal work there. He wants to renew us with this basic truth that salvation isn't a destination, it's a way to practice the way of Jesus. This is what gospel, the gospel calls us to. This is what Acts calls us to. This is what we've been reading. These people who are doing a way, and as the gospel goes, it gathers. Can I finish by saying, can we do this? I feel like many of us in our church are are experiencing these same lacks as everyone else in the community. We are feeling like we're not connected. We are often feeling like our life doesn't have meaning. And that is a problem. It means that we aren't doing church. So can we use this as an opportunity to come back to the Scriptures, come back to prayer, come back to a place of listening to God and say, God, what are you calling me to do? What are the feelings What is this place where as I feel again, what are you calling me to respond to? Let's pray. Father, as we finish, we ask that you would open ourselves, open us to listen to what you're saying. Give us space to listen. I also pray, Father, that you would prompt us to stop numbing, stop hiding from the feelings that are pointing us to these deep lacks and instead find our fulfillment in Jesus. Would you help us to push aside all of the noise and to make space to hear your voice and to hear that calling into life, into community, into freedom, into meaning. God, would you prompt us 
to find that place. Lord, may we not just keep doing the same thing if it's bringing broken results, but prompt us to do what brings life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.